Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and double exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 110, Converting Between Systems, Game to Game. Recorded at Metatopia 2015. Presented by Paul Stefko and John Adamus. I signed up this because it sounded interesting. I, didn't, I don't even have any specific questions. Good. Awesome. Nice. Hello. Hey, man. Hi. This is one of those things where I was like, hey, I may need this later, so I might as well. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> Just making sure this is recording. Um, Good. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's only been recording for about two minutes, so yeah. it's fine. That's cool. Uh, Saturday, 10 o'clock. What's the name of this panel? This is... Uh, game to Game Converting Between Systems. Okay. Say it for the mic. All right, man. Thanks, Seth. You got it, dude. Yeah. See you later. Yes. So this is Game to Game, Converting Between Systems. I am Paul Stefko. I'm a freelance uh, designer and writer. I'm John. I have a mug. <laughs> uh, I'm John Animus. I'm the writer next door. I, uh, I edit loads of things. And this is Paul's panel. This is my panel. I am here to support... And occasionally speak from an editorial perspective. Please come in. Howdy. We were just uh, getting started. Game the game? Game the game, converting. Yes. yes. Welcome. Awesome. I know. Yes. I know he's here on purpose. Bizarre and somewhat terrifying. Good luck finding a seat. So, such luminaries on the panel. Indeed. Indeed. Well, since we have such an intimate group, I guess we'll just keep this uh, low key. When have I ever done anything not low-key, Paul? That's true. I'm a mug for fuck's sake. So, converting games. Um, the first thing I think I, I can say is that don't actually convert rules. That that's just insane. Right. You're not you're not talking about how you know um, we're not you're not talking about rules text. You're really just talking uh, systematic text, mechanical text. If you want to talk about the editorial term for it. Oh, yeah. Another person. <gasps> You're back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> she was in my panel last night. She fell asleep. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so anyway, you're not talking about rules tax. You're not talking about... Sorry if we um, put this on the table, by the way. Just... You do whatever you'd like to do to assist you to be a better attendee. All right. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Also, we don't think that. Okay. They're already recording us, so uh, one more. But yes, maintain it for yourself. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm loud enough that you can stick it anywhere in the room. You hear me? <laughs> and, and some dudes, John doesn't judge. Um, so the the um, you don't you don't want to move rules because rules are not the thing that you, you convert. You're always going to convert the mechanics. So you're going to move from like a D6 system to a D10 system to a diceless system or put dice in a dice. You're, you're going to move the what are called the random manipulators, which is a fancy word for dice. 
um, because they're easier to do than try to crack the rule. Because in order to crack the rule, you've got to both understand what the rule's function is and then the language behind the rule, which can get messy because if you suddenly decide to uh, combat... I think I'm in the wrong room. I'm oh. sorry. It's okay. Okay, we won't... We'll miss you, though. Yeah. I appreciate this. It's just I'm doing, like, recordings for my fiancé and just uh, sending you to different rooms. Enjoy. Good luck. No sweat. Are, they, are they recording every panel or just? Uh, most, like 90% of them. Yeah. Oh, cool. Our feelings, I can just get on mic. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, Whatever. Yeah. More space for us. Yeah. So, since this is such a yeah, packed go. panel, do you mind if we just kind of... Yeah, yeah we just chat. That's cool. Chat. All right, that's cool. Um, um, so what you're basically talking about is we should kind of like look at translating like the gist and experience of the rules. What the game it. does, not how it does it. Yeah. Yes. That's very well said. Yeah. Um, and in, a, in in some cases, that means like taking the core, yeah, the core experience of the game, and then just sort of jettisoning everything the original author wrote about how to do that, and then just saying, okay, I like to use this other rule set, either one that I'm creating for myself, uh, or one that somebody else has done the heavy lifting for already. Um, you see that a lot nowadays with uh, fate. A lot of people are taking, like, how do I do Fate Star Wars? Well, you do Fate Star Wars. I mean, uh, Apocalypse World is the other one. Yeah. Every, every, you know, because it's not bad. I'm biased. <laughs> but it works. And, and you want to do, like, a, um, there's a difference between conversion and hybridization, mm. where you smash the two things together and, and kind of stitch it shut, yeah. as opposed to, I'm going to fully take from A and put it into B. Uh, one of my favorite editorial examples is when somebody comes to me and says, I want to add a, a different system as a Kickstarter stretch goal. Like, I want to do a fate edition of my, of my thing. Uh, I'm going to make up a, a Pathfinder. I want to do a fate edition of Pathfinder. And you totally can, but it's not going to look like Pathfinder. Uh, whenever you move from, from system one to system two, or system A to system B, it's going to look more like B than A. At least in theory, it should, because if it still looks, if you're still playing Pathfinder and it looks like Pathfinder, but you've only really added in aspects, and even then, you've only added in like one or two, you didn't really convert so much as just add some detail. Yeah, and I think that's a critical distinction, especially if you want to get like deeper into this and go, oh well, I've, I've because if you start telling people that, oh, I've converted Pathfinder to, to Fate before, did you? Really? So how did you handle things like um, spontaneous narrative combat, which Pathfinder does not do, because Pathfinder has dice? And how did you move from Fate dice to Pathfinder dice, or whatever? How did you use the deck of Fate, perhaps? Um, what did, how did you do treasure in Right. Fate? How did Good you do God. treasure in Fate? Um, you used to be able to do it in an early Fate card. You can make objects. And then Lenny got bored with it, so I went out. Oh, um, when you're converting the the two the the source material and the conversion are going to and should look radically different if they are radically different rule sets. I'm yeah. saying the like the focus. You have to find what part of the source material it can be modeled in the target system. Um, so if you're taking a Pathfinder game and moving it to Fate, you're going to be looking at the parts of Pathfinder, which is to say parts of the traditional core Dungeons & Dragons experience, because that is what Pathfinder, Pathfinder is. does. 
what parts of that can show through and be highlighted in Fate. And those will be things that are not necessarily highlighted in Pathfinder. Yes, that's why you're changing it. Exactly. That's you. If if you just want to do the exact same thing but use a different type of die, maybe you need to ask yourself why you're doing that. Well, at that point, it's just a house rule. Yeah, basically. Um, and conversion, conversion, and house rules are are different. House rules are the simple, casual, like, oh, I don't, I don't like that bastard swords make something up. Use D12, so they use two D6, which is not all that dissimilar. But yeah. you just only have sixes on hand, so everybody, you know, converts the, all the fractions into, you know, six. Um, but it's it's about, generally, when someone wants to convert, you're taking the best of some elements and taking them to the best of others. No one's going to move the crappy parts. You're just going to discard them. And if there's overlap, like let's say you're converting from... Uh, let's say you're converting from Gumshoes Investigation to, say, GURPS Mysteries which are two both investigative, let's go look for clues and solve problems kind of atmospheres. But GURPS is more point-driven, whereas Gumshoe is more, spend a point and just tell me how it goes. Then you want to um, figure out what it is you're moving through and why you're making the change. Why you're making the change is going to highlight what you change to, because you may have a valid point. I don't like, for example, how 5th edition handles combat. I wanted to speed well the hell up because in a party of six people um, the pizza's cold by the time it's my turn. So um, I want to look for a faster combat system so I will take from Apocalypse World or Dungeon World specifically and see if I can speed up or find comparisons. I will not, however, sit there and go, okay, break it down into smaller units. I don't like the way initiative works. I could, up, I could lift out initiative and put it in a new initiative in but it's more than that, because once you start pulling out one piece, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you go to fix something in your home. Sure, you can totally replace the window seal or fix the leaky sink, but you may uncover along the way, oh, by the way, it's also clogged. Um, you don't like the spigot anymore. And it, it leads into a much larger and often more complicated process. So understand, try to find the most fundamental way to say, this is what I'm changing. This is why I'm changing it, and this is what I'm changing it to. And if not all, since not all systems do that best, you can convert to any system, but you might have to walk it through several different processes first before you get like, yeah, so in order to get to moves, I had to look at aspects and actions. Before to look at aspects and actions, I had to understand that it wasn't just a 16 on a die roll. And it's, it's sort of about thinking in progressive steps towards my goal. Because if I just go from, oh, well... Uh, on a D20, 18, 19, and 20 is a, is a super success. Well, why wouldn't a 16 be a super success? And you, you've got to parcel out the change you want to make rather than just go, screw it, I'm taking this whole thing. Because if you're going to change that much, just play the other game instead. You know, if you're going to lift, you're looking confused in the front row. So if, if, you're, if you're lifting so much of game B, just play game B. There is that cutoff point where it's like, I'm, it's Pathfinder, and I'm only keeping the treasure. Well, then just not Pathfinder. Not Pathfinder. It's just the treasure chart from Pathfinder. And then go play the other game and staple the two together. Ultimately, conversion is game design. Yes. Uh, you have to go through all the steps that you would to create a brand new game. You have to say, what are my goals? Yep. How am I going to like implement those goals yep. in, in play? 
and what tools from both the source and the target yeah. can I bring to bear to achieve those design goals? Um, yes. Yeah. The other kind of conversion that I think we can talk about is sort of interior to a system in the form of uh, addition updates. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, you want to tell them the, the crazy update you did? So uh, the Feng Shui 2 Kickstarter was, you know, bananas, went really well. One of the things they offered was a conversion codex for every NPC creature and stat block from all of the first edition material to the second edition rule set. How many were there, Paul? There were 733 stat blocks in first edition. Although, there's technically one first edition book they did not have the rights to, so I don't know how many were in that one. That's <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Atlas had that as a thing that was on the schedule, and then eventually they were just like, none of us have time to do it. Who wants a crack at it? And I'm like, I like stat blocks! And how many did you end up doing, Paul, out of the 730-something? <laughs> All of them. By yourself? <laughs> By myself. Wow. In about a month. Yeah. And uh, it's a really great way to learn a new game system. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't want to look at a stat block again for, well, what, it's November it's now? November. Yeah. Um, but the thing about that is, it's a, fundamentally, Feng Shui 2 is the same game as Feng Shui 1. At its heart. I hope so. That's why I bought it. Yeah. Um, but it is ridiculously streamlined, pared down and made a lot cleaner and a lot faster and a lot smoother. To convert from first to second, it was simply a matter of identifying everything in first that A, no longer existed, or B, no longer mattered in second edition, right. and cutting it out, and then, you know, a few number, massaging a few numbers yeah, just sure. to make sure that the dice pool, or the, the dice mechanic didn't break. Yeah. Um, and then doing that 700 more times. Um, but you get that a lot in all kinds of... People are always asking, how do I run Tomb of Horrors in 5th edition? And you're like, well, don't run Tomb of Horrors, but... Well, yeah, so here's how you run Tomb of Horrors in 5th edition. Uh, you use none of the monsters. You yeah. use the, you use the uh, narrative text, the map design, and you fill in the rest. Yeah. Uh, because that way you don't have to deal with... Okay, how do I convert the monster to 5th edition monster style? No, you just... Use a fifth edition monster. Yeah. Simplify. Make it as easy. It Sometimes they'll have the f same monster already done for Right. It. So you're just going, oh, I just need to use, instead of referencing this page in this book, I reference this page in this book. Uh, conversion is not a genital measuring effort. No one cares. Like, I I'm impressed that he did 733 stat blocks by himself. That's insane. Because uh, I know for uh, the Dresden role playing game, we had 800, and we split that among four of us. And that still took us nine weeks because, of course, while we were doing it, we were still writing the text around the stat blocks because, God forbid, we do anything in structured order. So, On the other hand, I'm sure that Cam appreciated only having to fix my mistakes and not three yes, people's. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I made the same mistakes. But the, yeah, and they're consistent all the way through 700 times. Yeah. The, the issue, though, is it, it's, it, it earns you a few badass points to say, oh, yeah, I converted 733 stat blocks, but... To say that you you make your bones converting, that you know, I'm a converter, I convert anything into anything else, you know, that, that form of transmutation does not balance out 
in a meeting because it's just going to go, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't make you extra cool. I mean, you're still a designer, so you're still period cool, but it's not it's not bonus points just because you you went from functional one to functional two. It's sort of like, oh, I'm a second edition player who's now playing third edition, or uh, I, I used to play third, so now I skipped fourth, so now I'm on fifth. Or, Great, you're still a D&D player. Yeah, that I think that's a huge um, level. A literal leveling of the playing field. Because it's not just about, you know, it, it helps eliminate that, that intransigence about, I'm a second edition player, and that's the, Thaco is the bestest. Whereas, you know, now you're getting into... Um, what did they have in fourth edition? I didn't play fourth edition, so insert fourth edition element here. Powers. Powers. Yeah. Although they had those a little bit in three. Well, yeah. But, but or, or more miniature focus, right? Yeah. But um, it's useful. It's a practical skill for, especially if you do um, like homebrew stuff. It's it's great for that because that way you don't have to like drag your friends kicking and screaming into wholesale conversion. Okay, you guys. I know we spent a lot of time in fifth edition. Now we're going to try Amber. There's no dice. Good luck. You'll be five. But you can start slowly walking them in through getting them used to, okay, you know what, this week, let's try something different. Let's, let's only roll. So the story was I, we were playing uh, 3-5, and we're going along and doing great. And then I get Dungeon World, and I start working with the Apocalypse system, and I'm like, oh, this stuff's pretty cool. And it, it does the exciting stuff we're doing, but it makes it easier for everybody. So over a course of weeks, I'm like, you know what? Just roll me two dice, and I'll, I will consult this chart I made. The book's in my lap. Uh, and, and we'll get moving along, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, I'm bringing in more and more elements. And by the time we get past the first dungeon, they're like, what is this we're doing? And I'm like, oh, this is Dungeon World. We've, we've cleanly and slowly segued over a couple months. Oh, let's just play Dungeon World. We've been doing that since. Um, and that's not like bad or anything. It's not like, oh my god, John pulled a fast one. No. I got tired of carrying around a box of books. Dungeon World's one volume. And you had a goal. I had a goal. And you took this, you took, you it, it, I knew it was going to take time. It wasn't yeah. just going to be like, all right, guys, you know, screw, screw three, five. We're just, boom, on the table. No, we're going to ease our way in so that none of us are overwhelmed. And because John was at the time still flipping through the book to look at things, I didn't want to like, all right, guys, hang on. I know there's an easy way in 3.5 to solve this, but here's how we do it now. It's okay. You just want to do questions because there's like four yeah. people. Yes. Questions, just, comments, concerns. Start having a conversation. Yeah. So when you were doing what you, were, what you just said you were doing. Yes. Uh, making, my, making my players indie players was my goal. Sure, uh, and because uh, I'm, I'm trying to do kind of do the same thing uh, with uh, my group. Okay. Uh, just expose them to the different elements of uh, various of these systems that I like. Yeah, um, that's what I did. But how did you go about picking like where to start and, and, and identifying what components of uh, Dungeon World could seamlessly move in and cover this component? That's a great of, question. That's uh, an excellent question. Yeah. Without mucking up something else. Sure. Um, I knew my... I, I, I've, been with my pl- I've been with my players for... Oh, God. It's 26, 2015. So I've been with them 18 years. I, I know these people. I, I, I've, seen their, I've seen them get married, have kids, etc. And I know their tastes as players. And I know that 
when when we're in the book, when we're in three five and we're following three five roughly to the letter, okay? Uh, I know that you know Mike is going to react a certain way, and he's going to be far more narrative. So it's going to be easy for me to sell to to sell moves to Mike by saying, Mike, tell me how this goes. And so then anytime like on a Thursday night, that's when we use the game. Now we're on Saturday afternoons, but. Um, when, I, when we get around to, to Mike's turn at the table, and Mike usually sits right here, because um, he always does. And uh, I know if Mike goes first and I'm going this way around the table, other people will go, he just got to narrate that. Can I try that? Yeah. Next thing you know, they're narrating moves without them being moves. And the next time when I, when I do have to make that big mechanical step, I find their strength. Like, I know I have Molly. She sits at about 1 to 2 o'clock. I'm at 6. So she's here. I know Molly, um, for the life, she's wonderful, but for the life of her, could not keep the amount of I roll which dice when in her head straight. Like, every, every time it was the green one. Roll the green one, then roll the orange one. And it'll be, and, and she's a delight, but there's just no space in her brain for numbers. So when we got into moves, it was just, which do I roll? Only the two red ones. And immediately she was... All right, I'm in. How many? What do I? And she she got it right away because it was, I it eliminated for her that stress of trying to keep straight. Like I want to cast a fireball. Which which seven things do I have to do? No, you just roll a fireball. Let's do this. Get into it. <laughs> and the um, particularly in the world games, the encouragement from the GM was coming both from me as I'm a GM. Yeah, you guys are badass. But it was also, hey, my buddy John is telling me I can try this new thing. Um, but it was about finding entry points tailoring it to each player, and then picking and choosing to do a few at a time. Because if I did them all at once, I might as well just slam the book on the table and go, Dungeon World, guys, that's what we're doing now. But instead it was, I know I know, I can get Mike on aspects and development and bonds, I can get Molly on moves, I can get uh, Tom, so assuming Tom is awake, I can get Tom on um, creating his own world and having him like name me like, Oh, that's the mine of Chiggerwit. Chiggerwit is a one-legged, fire-breathing dragon. He had peg legs. <laughs> that's badass. Right? <laughs> They're giant, like stool-shaped peg legs. Um, and he was all excited. So that was we were very excited about finding those individual elements. And before they realized it, um, because uh, they were just slow, I guess we really we shifted hard out away from the mechanics, and we made it easier, and it became more fun. And, and the amount of fun they had proportionally made this so much easier to, to get them not to bring the box of dice and the box of books out every week. But I, I played to their strengths. Did you find that you wound up converting kind of all the way, or did you wind up settling into like a hybrid in between? No, I went, we went all the way. Because by the time I was maybe 80% in, the, the other changes were going to be so small by comparison. Because I already had them moving from you know, combat and two hits to moves. Like, that's the heavy part of the world. Getting, you know, thinking about sim simplifying dice mechanic to exposing narration. That's the much harder conversion for a lot of people because it's their, it's a freedom rather than reactionary. You know, in, in a traditional, you know, D20 style game, you're, react you're always going to react to the GM. The GM's going to say, oh, well, the, the dragon does this. As opposed to me trusting you enough to go, tell me what he does. Be, be, a, be an advocate and a member of the conversation rather than a reactionary person in a chair at a seminar. And, and that, that was scary for them. I know it was because I said so. But um, they tried because my encouragement was consistent. 
Um, I didn't even have to bribe them with candy or anything. They, they were intrigued by the idea of being able to have the barbarian be so badass that we all had a good laugh about it for 20 minutes. And then we moved on. Do you think you could have settled into a hybrid situation if you wanted to? Easily. Um, I didn't want to because then I have to remember how much of my head is in one thing, you know, how much of, what, how, how, straddle, how fence straddling am I? Uh, also, that's just irritating for me because then I have to, you know, if I flub a rule or if I forget, which book do I consult? And I know me and it's late and or, or it's early depending on your day and uh, which, how did I do this? Screw it. I'm, and I pick a different, you know, like I always go Dungeon World now or I always go this or I always go that. It's, I could have easily hybridized, but it, by the point of that, I could have just fully converted. Did I answer your question? I think so. Sweet. Anybody else? Anything? Anything? What's, go for it. What systems do you think are like that are out now? Like some of the bigger systems, do you think are ideal to go from one to the other? Just for uh, I mean, going to like what what systems would I convert to? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can do this editorially. Um, with I, all right. Note, I'm biased. I'm because I will now name the systems that I do the most work in <laughs> because I know they're easily convertible because I work with a lot of people who do them. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for, uh, if you're looking to subtract the amount of crunch, and you're looking to get players into a more narrative thinking and mode of play, uh, look at Fate. That's yeah. sort of the more obvious choice. But you want to look at Fate. But you also want to look at something like um, the one roll system. It's on drive through. Yeah. Where you're you're paring down the amount of dice, so you're paring down the the physical mechanics like yeah. pick up dice, shake, roll. But you're not paring down the options. People can still do tons of badass stuff. Yeah. But I'm making it easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you if you were looking to, to just make it not about dice, but make it about story, look at something like Fiasco and all Fiasco's playsets. Uh, side note, uh, the Fiasco mobile app gets updated in like two months. So that might be a nice entry point for your players. You can put it on your phone or your iPad. Not that I'm too terribly biased, but I straight edited all that stuff. So, um, now if you want to go the other way, for example, and you want to get crunchier, mm-hmm. because perhaps you're moving into a new group, or you want to, you know, you just bought like a ton of dice upstairs from Jim. So maybe you want to like use them and break them in. You want to move to something like Gumshoe, which yeah. has, you know, not a great number of dice, but you're more like head down on the sheet, as opposed to like, I'm going to tell you a story. Here, I spend this point, I do this, or like that. If you, I mean, the, the traditional one is if you want to go real crunchy, you pick like an older system. GURPS, GURPS Rollmaster, or, or Call of Cthulhu, and you, you really like dig in on your percentile. We were just joking about that upstairs. <laughs> but um, uh, if you're looking for a sort of softer hybrid, you want to look at Apocalypse World, any of the world games, Dungeon World, Headspace, Noir World, Saga of the Icelanders, you know, stuff like yeah. that. But if, if you were looking at um, games that really push the mechanical envelope, uh, enemy and enemy, Chimera, uh, that other one with the cards I can think of. The one with the cards where you're cave people. Nope. Okay. Nope. Right. Ask me. All right. I will, I will find out on Twitter and put it out. Um, but it's about. I, I would start there. I would look and go. I want to go up or down that scale of physical complexity. Do stuff with my hands. Like you said, it's a goal. It's a what? What is your goal? What's your and goal? Then, right, and then the, you move from there. The problem that you'll run into if you 
want to go to something with more crunch is the problem of converting the the rules. Right. Converting, yeah. converting your software stuff. To, it. How to make stuff crunchy that isn't normally crunchy. Using aspects and put it into GURPS. It's actually, no, that's it's, it's okay. Actually been rhetorical, done. but um, you, you take your aspect, break it down into its importance of the character, and then scale it uh, numerically. More important stuff gets a higher point value. I know because I talked to Lenny about it once. <laughs> Lenny's the guy who wrote Fate. So um, um, I, I bothered him. I, I see. I see a lot of people try and do like, how do I convert Shadowrun to GURPS? And you run GURPS Cyberpunk. Yeah, you run GURPS Cyberpunk and you use the magic supplement. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you convert Shadowrun. But they're like, no, I wanted like, how do I do this spell and this adept power and this? You go, well, okay. If you really want to do it, you say, what does it do? And then you figure out how GURPS does that. Yeah. You don't say, how does Shadowrun do it? And then how do I make GURPS do that? Because you already have Shadowrun. Yeah. So... The, I mean, then those are similar levels of mechanical complexity as systems. Right. Yeah. If you're saying, how do I do, um, you know, uh, I like the setting for Jade Punk, which is a fate steampunk yeah. Wuxia thing, but I want the crunch of GURPS martial arts. Then you go, yeah, you're not using the mechanic. It's just, it's yeah, I'd probably just play GURPS martial arts yeah. and, and creating Wuxia story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me think of another one. I just had a good one. You want to look at something like, I, I want to do, uh, one of the elements John has, one of the elements you may like in 7th C, that the players always generically broadly succeed, that irritates me, because <laughs> I want to play a stupid pirate. Please let me not be so competent. And, um, because people mistake competence for badass, the same way people mistake strong for badass. Um, other editorial peeve that will happen in the next hour's panel. Um, so you, you look at something where you you, you want to roll and keep, you know, roll a bunch of tens, pick your best favorites, your sixes or whatever. And um, you find a system that doesn't support that at all. Let's say you want to suddenly turn Pathfinder into a roll and keep system. No. Just plain old no. Not going to work. Because the way Pathfinder is structured, the way D&D is structured, it's not about stacking success. It's about moving through combat via talking occasionally. Because <laughs> D&D's job is to get you from fight to fight to fight. Anything else that's just f uh, fluffy window dressing. Because it's, also, it's based on a miniatures game and I stand at my table and I slide pieces and we shoot each other like Napoleonic soldiers. So um, some conversion won't translate well. And the harder you force it, the worse it's going to be for everybody involved because your players have to receive these rules in a way where they make sense. And if they have to go, what the hell are we doing? Why can't I just roll the D20 and hit this stupid thing? Maybe that's okay. Maybe you have to hybridize at that point and let them roll the stupid D20. Yeah. Other questions? Because it's only 10.30. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to the hybridizing thing. Let's say got the system that you're playing and you've got the system over here that you want to take some parts of that you like are really good. Sure. But then there's also another system. A third system. A third system or a fourth system. Yeah, well, however many. Sure. They, 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 in that way lies madness or is it just going to be more work and it can make an epic impact? Cam Banks um, 
designed the Faith Core yes. system for the Demon Hunter RPG that's in development right now. And it's basically a mashup of Fate, Apocalypse World, and Cortex Plus. Yes. And now, it's worth noting that most of those systems have similar genealogy. Yeah. But there's... It's only... All right, so I'm going to make a non-gaming metaphor for this. You're making a salad. Salads have, by their nature, multiple components. Um, this is the shitty salad you get from... I'm going to... Sh- Muscle Maker Grill shitty salad. It's just brown lettuce with watery dressing. That is not a salad, that's wet lettuce. But generally, a human salad has different components. Cucumber, radish, olive, tomato, cheese, nachos, croutons, whatever the fuck you put on your salad. Steak and french fries. Steak and french fries. I'm from Pittsburgh. That's the Pittsburgh salad. It's basically lettuce, steak, french fries, and cheese. Sounds pretty good. That does sound actually really good. Okay. It's really sucky as a leftover, so that's the yeah, downside. You all at once. Sure. <laughs> anyway, you were making a metaphor. I was making a metaphor a, about salad. A, a from Andy Brothers sandwich. Right. Yeah. In a bowl. I had those. I can agree. I had those. I, yes, I've had that. It was good. Yeah. So the, the, it's not necessarily that madness lies there. It's that you draw boundaries. So yeah, you have this big salad. And yeah, we, we know we need these staple pieces. We need you know, lettuce, tomato, cucumber. Yeah, we can add in olives and radish. And but eventually it just becomes a point where we're not completing the salad. We're just adding in more stuff because it's cool. So it's about making those boundaries. About, no, I'm not going to add chicken to this salad. Chicken's cool. Love chicken. It, it could go here, but lots of things could go here. And it's about knowing that there's a, there's a tipping point. Like, I can fill this cup up so far and then it spills over. And I don't need it to be full to the top to be satisfied by it. I just need some water in my mug. So hybridization of multiple systems is great. But taking it too far, either A, because you want to mentally demonstrate to yourself, yeah, I can do this. I mean, if you want me to do that, I'll write you a permission slip. I have paper in my bag. But if you're doing it just because you want to make sure you're including all these elements, because um, you really like Kevin Culp's gumshoe uh, character sheet from Excel, and you really like, which I use all the time, um, and, but you really like moves from Apocalypse World, and you really like fake core aspects, and you really like, uh, let me think of something completely disparate, you really like the tilt table from Fiasco. Yes, you could find a way to string all these pieces together without changing a, a little bit of everything. Because then very little you have to change the changing is fine, right? So but you could tie all these things together. It's a matter of whether or not you could translate that to other people in the way you're intending. Because you could do it. Like anybody could Frankenstein up like six pieces, but it's a matter of I did it! Okay, now what do I do? Well, now I gotta go take it to my group. Are, are they gonna get it? Are they gonna be interested? Are they gonna go, what's your name? Brian. Are they gonna go, wow, Brian, that's wonderful that you did that. We're so happy for you. But we're gonna be over here ordering Chinese tonight. Oh, that sounds really good. Oh, Chinese it's, it's It's a matter of purpose. Yeah, I can add in four things, I can add in three things, I can add in nine things. But at that point, the more things you add, you might want to start looking at a full system entire that does more of those things. So if you're if you're taking, well, that, that, that's what I'm looking at. So I'm approaching more from a design aspect than a group aspect. Okay, from a design aspect, the more things you start, if you're starting to implement so many disparate pieces, if you if you've got that much compilation, look for a system that handles most of it already, so that you're not taking X and adding six subparts. You're using Y and only adding three. 
or one. And, and you run the risk if you're bringing in too many parts of it not feeling like it's all one game. It's it, It'll feel like it's components, and they're sometimes working together, and sometimes they're going to fight each other, unless you're more better, you know, a better. Did you game say more better? Mind. Yeah. Okay. I right did. Right Unless right you're a better game designer than I am. That's a Pittsburgh. You know, uh, I'm waiting for Yinzer. It's <laughs> not that bad. Um, it, it it all goes back to what are your goals? What are the best tools to achieve those goals? And I mean, sometimes that means taking parts from three different games. Yeah. And sometimes it means finding one game and then taking a part from another game that fills a hole or remove something from the first game and, and replace it so that it does it feels what you want it to feel my my if I could add a professional caveat if you are looking to hybridize a game for the sake of design so that you can say this is my thing um, that's cool and you can totally say that I hacked A plus B plus C to make my thing and that's fine but you, you might want to do a better job filing the serial numbers off like, I can get away with saying it's an Apocalypse World hack because I've taken most of Apocalypse World and I've, I've just added a new skin to it and I, I swap it and I just move the mechanics at the bottom of the page to the top of the page. And that's all I did. I didn't, I didn't have to additionally add. Like, I, at one point, I had health and sanity and aspect and all these pieces. And at one point, I looked at my game and I'm like, that's not the game I want to play. But just from a design perspective, it worked because the games are fairly similar. But... I, was I do was I was I hybridizing and building for the sake of I want to produce a game or I hybridizing and building because I want the ego stroke of saying I took four things and made them my game, bitch. <laughs> because that's that's not it's not what I wanted to do. I can give myself plenty of credit and self esteem through therapy, which I do. So this didn't serve me. It was a fun exercise, a great mental stretch of my faculties. But ultimately, when I wanted to put a game in front of my friends, I ended up. Uh, taking the template, peeling the skin off, putting in some new gears. I've built Frankenstein instead of I've made life. My experience. My Other issues, elements, questions, concerns. Everybody digging the chairs. The improv people are real hard to set up this room. I'm actually shocked. They have been better chairs. I swear last night they were better chairs. Uh, I'm going to steal some of the chair. I'm gonna, they have a, there's a rolling chair. Talk to one of those side boys. Yeah, because I'm in here all day, so I'm just yeah. going to wheel it in and, and park myself. Uh, any other issues, comments? Otherwise, we're just going to let you go. You can go out for breakfast or dick around or something. Yeah, well, thanks would for coming. Would you guys like cards or anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Paul is loaded with swag. No? No. No? All right. Cards. I, didn't, I forgot my, uh, forgot I my cards. business cards. For, wow. I know. I was I did not pack my bag very well. Wow, Paul. Yeah. Hi. I'm on Twitter at Paul Stefko. I'm on Twitter at awesome underscore John. I'm infamous upon the Twitters. Hey, you guys can be on my discard. Oh, I gotta learn more.